Welcome to the Binge Breakers Podcast. I'm Jacqueline. I am here to teach you how I overcame bulimia and my binge eating disorder, and how you can too. Through simple steps of mind management, repairing your relationship with yourself, understanding your habits, and intuitive eating. Disclaimer. This recording is not intended to be utilized as medical advice or a medical diagnosis. If you think you're in need of medical attention or treatment, please seek it immediately. This recording will also contain sensitive subjects such as binging and purging, weight and depression. Please listen at your own discretion and do what you think is best for you. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. This podcast is going to be about just my 2022 reflections and what I want to do for 2023. It's just my thoughts on the New Year's goal setting in general. It's not so much going to be about bulimia recovery, but hopefully I find that when people talk about their dreams and goals and their personal reflections, it's very helpful too. One of my favorite podcasters, Corinne Crabtree, usually does this every year and I look forward to those episodes because it's more personal. But um, I waited to record this. I pre-recorded many podcast episodes for the month of December because I was going to be traveling and there was lots of stuff going on and I was handling holiday support week inside my program. So I waited to record this till the week of New Year's. And I'm glad I did because boy, a lot of stuff happened. Uh, So I'll let you guys know about that. I'm going to share a funny story about my travel plans and how they did not go according to what I wanted and had plans. But firstly, I just want to say, If you guys are out there and you have anxiety about New Year's and you hate all the New Year's hype of setting goals and reflecting and all that sort of stuff and thinking, reviewing your year and then setting goals for next year and how to go through it, you don't have to do any of that. You do not have to set New Year's goals. You don't have to reflect on your year. You don't need to be the type of person that has planned out their year, their quarters, their weeks, their days. You just don't. That's something a lot of people do. I personally do that. I like to set goals. I feel like they give me a sense of direction and they give me kind of purpose and fulfillment. That's why I do my goals mainly is because they help me improve and get me where I want to go. But there's a lot of people that don't do well with goals and they achieve things that they want in their life through different means. So if it doesn't feel right for you to set goals this New Year's or goals, setting big goals for yourself, create more harm than they do good, then you have my permission right now just to not set any goals. It's fine. doesn't mean your life is going to come curdling to a halt. It just means that you're not setting goals for the New Year's and that's that. I think uh, Renee Sager, she she was on my podcast over a year ago now. Um, She's a wonderful gal that I met online. She's also a coach. She primarily coaches people on binge eating, I believe, but also just confidence in general. Renee's great. She's amazing. But if you check out her Instagram, she's doing a really good job of posting about not setting New Year's goals and how she's she seems to be very much a like do things on a whim kind of gal and how that's okay. And she's clearly successful without it. So if you are feeling lots of anxiety, highly recommend going checking out her page. It's excellent. I'm sure she probably has podcasts on it too. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to talk a little bit about New Year's reflections. So firstly, this year, <laughs> I... When it was coming up to December, I was dreading December because, of course, just like you guys, like there's media everywhere about planning out your new year and what you need to do and wrapping up your year correctly and finishing those goals. And I had written many goals for 2022. And I think I failed every single goal. And and by failure, I mean, I didn't meet the measurement I had set for that goal. I had financial goals. I had relationship goals. I had um, career goals. And I also had uh, some physical goals. (laughs) And 
all of them, I fell short on every single one of them. And some of them I fell short in massive, massive ways. And so I was thinking about December being like, oh, there's still time to achieve your goals, but God, I don't think I can do it. And so one thing I did this year is around December, I gave myself permission just to fail those goals. Even though like I was technically, you could say I was giving up early. I just was like, you know what? This year has turned out different than I thought it was going to be. I made those goals with a mindset of not knowing the future, which is how you must do every single goal. But I I made those goals not anticipating what was going to happen that year. So, of course, some of those goals just didn't work out because it wasn't practical. Some of them, I didn't have the correct strategy. And I also, even though I failed those goals, what I was thinking about was the fact that I tried so many different things in my life, my personal life, in my business life, in my financial life. I tried many different things in my relationship too. And it all taught me a ton. It was part of the reason I failed at a lot of those goals, but it taught me a ton. For example, one of my relationship goals was have every single month, some sort of adventure that we do together. We go on a trip somewhere together. It doesn't have to be fancy, just something. And then also, I think I think it was like total, like we're supposed to do 15 trips together. So maybe it wasn't every single month. Maybe it was multiple times per month. I failed that goal. However, setting that goal was really cool because we did way more trips than we would have originally because I had that goal of, all right, we need to be doing stuff. I still didn't meet the requirements, but I still like, I improved a lot. And then I learned more what makes my relationship better, what makes me enjoy my relationship more. So that helped a ton. Um, so, so even though some of those goals fell short, I still feel like I learned a lot from them. And then some of them, like a financial goal I had, I did try a bunch of stuff, but I was missing a big component as to, as to what would make me financially successful in that realm. And so this year, because of all my failure, I know more of what I should do. And this year, I think for me, it's going to be more about focusing on a few key things that I know are really helpful to me, the people I help, depending on the goal, right? But I'm going to try to stay focused more this year on specific strategies and working towards that and focusing on how I can refine my program and help my clients more, that sort of stuff. And then also focusing on my relationship even more, being like, okay, let's try to go for an even bigger goal, like weekly date nights and more more trips or something like that and see how that plays out. And then being better about deciding. So I've really, even though I failed, I failed miserably at all my goals. Some of them, like I, I don't even want to say, but like I definitely fell very far away from the actual goal line. Something cool is they helped me progress. They helped me learn a lot. And I love that I gave myself permission to fail my goals. And I'm not beating myself up over it. I think last year I felt a little bit more like a failure because I had also failed goals. Of course, you, if you're if you're trying if you're trying to do big things, you're always gonna you're gonna fail a lot. That's something to note. If you guys are failing constantly every single day, it's because you're trying to get out of your comfort zone, and that's difficult. <laughs> you're trying to do things that are bigger than what you're used to, and of course you're failing. So if you're failing, actually be proud of yourself. But what I was gonna say is that last year I felt like more of a failure and I felt more down about it. But what's cool this year is I feel much more mature about my failures and I feel much more with it as to what to do next and not necessarily using it. I'm taking my own advice being like, well, I failed, but I learned and I feel so much more confident in that. And uh, that's priceless, something I can't take away. However, something happened this December, which was pretty funny. So to the for my holidays, I plan to go home for Christmas. Usually what happens is I have Christmas here and uh, wherever my home is at the time because I moved from state to state, my boyfriend, and then I was going to go home and spend time with my family. Um, and 
there were two massive storms going on here in Colorado and then near Chicago. So both those places, both airports just completely taken down with storms, winter storms. And so my flight got canceled and I was like, okay, well, I'll reschedule it. I rescheduled my flight again. It got canceled. Rescheduled again, got canceled. Finally, I was able to find a flight out for the Friday before Christmas. It's like, cool. And I got it for 5 a.m. in the morning and it seemed like they hadn't canceled it yet. They hadn't rebooked it or anything. So it's like, sweet. Then because it was so cold here, it was negative 10 degrees Fahrenheit here and the wind was even worse and there was tons of snow. My car, which has been fine, completely fine. I'm And just to let you guys know, I'm used to having a broke-ass car. My car before this, I loved her. Her name was Lucy. She's my favorite car ever, but she was old and she was breaking down. I was constantly having to repair her and cold weather was the death of her. But I was so excited this year for the winter because I'm like, I have a better car now. It's more modern. It's it's stable. <laughs> like It should be fine. This car's name is Marvin, by the way. But Marvin did not handle the cold. And so the day before I was supposed to fly out, the car started having all these warnings, had weird like engine malfunctions because of the cold. So on our way to the airport, the car was having issues. I'm so shocked that we got there. And then my boyfriend was able to make it home in that car. (laughs) So everything was going wrong. And then I get to the airport, I get there early. I wait in this long, long line to get my check-in with my confirmation code. And then of course, when I check in, the confirmation code is like, error, you can't use this confirmation code. And so I'm asking people around the airport, but the airport was chaotic. I was flying Southwest. And for those of you guys who don't know, Southwest is like going under a federal investigation right now for its massive, massive failure through the winter storms. They had, I think they had over 3000 cancellations or something, <clears throat> but I'm trying to ask people in the airport, where should I go? What should I do? And they had me wait in this full service line. I waited in that line for two hours, missed my flight. And when I finally got there, the guy was like, well, you missed your flight because you didn't check in on time. I'm like, I checked in an hour and a half early. What are you talking about? So he was on hold. He says, I can't get you back out till um, Christmas day. I just say, you know what? I was so tired too. I was sleep deprived. I'd gotten there at three in the morning, waited, waited around for three hours. It's like, you know what? Just cancel it. Refund us, refund us the flight and I will rebook at a later time. And so I just at that point realized like, I'm not going to get to see my family for the holidays. And it was funny because I wasn't necessarily like, I'm not going to go too much into personal details, but I wasn't necessarily looking forward to spending as much time at home. His, I love my family to death, but like we're different in a lot of ways, but it really disappointed me. I was looking forward to seeing them in a lot of ways. And so I was just so angry. And then also what was going on in my mind was I I had made these plans. I had taken I had taken this time off all my clients. I had canceled for this week so I could spend time with my family and be home and relax. And now I just I'm going to have to see them another another time, take more time off. I can't do that. Like my mind was just saying the whole time, like, you can't do this. This isn't what we planned. This isn't good. This isn't gonna work out. But The funny thing was, even though it was disappointing not to see my family, this past week has been so incredibly peaceful. Since I didn't schedule any work for myself, I didn't have any plans. It's just been open time and it's been really rejuvenating and healing. I feel so much better. I feel a lot less burned out and I was able to rebook um, for early January to see my family. I'll just work during part of it and that's fine. But It's just so funny that when you think you have these plans and you think it can only go this way and then everything throws you for a loop, everything that can possibly go wrong goes, goes wrong. 
and that you find a way to make it through. And I feel like it was a perfect way to end the year, having all of that chaos happen. Um, <laughs> and then also one of my friends, she uh, she got stranded in San Francisco. She was trying to get home. She was going to the same place I was going with childhood friends. She also got like so many flights rebooked, that sort of stuff. She stranded in San Francisco. It's just crazy. But it's funny, like things don't always work out the way you want them to work out. Oftentimes, I was saying in this in my private program, when you set goals, even though you set them, sometimes you will actually achieve the goal that you're looking to achieve, but oftentimes you're not going to achieve that goal and you're going to achieve something completely different than what you thought it was going to be. This Christmas was not what I thought it was going to be at all, but it ended up being exactly what I needed. And I'm not much of a big believer in fate or... um determinism. I think that's the word. Uh, things like, you know, what your life was meant to be. Uh, I'm very dark in that sense, but I did feel like the universe was trying to tell me something like you need to take this time. You don't need to go home right now. You need to relax. You need to just be still and stop moving around so much. And it was just a great moment of surrender, especially in the airport when I was, you know, was six in the morning at that point, just staring at this guy who this poor Southwest employee too. He just, he was working so hard, but they were even having the the employees be on hold, which is why the line was taking so long. Him just looking at me like, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, I don't know what to do either. We're both helpless. And just being like, you know what? No, this is how it's going to be. It's been great. And I think something I really want to do this year is to slow down a little bit, to be more still. I also want to be more generous. And I'm not being specific on that. I don't necessarily mean with money or time. I just mean be more generous in general. Volunteer someplace. Be available to people more or give more, serve more somehow. That's what I mean by that. And I also just want to focus on what I have built already and be present with that more. So for my New Year's, I'm not necessarily, I am planning out my year. I've been spending a lot of time this this week writing out my goals and, and thinking about why I want to do them and how to actually achieve them. There's been a lot of that, but it's coming from such a calm place, which I never thought I would be. I've always been someone who has like a lot of feverish energy and I still do. Like, I'm sure that this is just a phase of my life. And in a few weeks, I'll also be in this urgent energy again. But when I'm here, I want to take the time to appreciate it. So it's all that to say, if your year, your Christmas, whatever, didn't turn out the way you wanted it to, don't be so mean with yourself. Don't be so harsh with yourself. I would just try to ask yourself, well, why? What did you do? And one of my clients also, she was saying she wrote down everything that she accomplished this year that wasn't part of her goals, which I think is a brilliant thing. So we've so focused on the goals and because that were like a massive failure. But I, even though I failed at all my goals, I did so much this year. I tried so many things. I had a really fun year. I met lots of new people and I did a lot of creative projects. I learned a lot. I moved across the country. Um, there's just a lot that that went on and for really good things. So even if your year was a total bust in terms of your goals, I'm sure you didn't just sit around and twiddle your thumbs. I'm sure you did other things. Even if you just survived this year, it was a really mental, rough mental health year for you. Maybe you were just stuck in your eating disorder. You made it here and you're listening to this podcast, which means you're still interested in pursuing more things. You still have hope. That's a really good thing, especially sometimes when years are so hard, especially with the economy this year and everything. It's just crazy. So <clears throat> don't be so hard on yourself. Try to use this year as a learning opportunity. And if you do want to set goals, but you're not sure since you failed last year, you should set them. 
I would just set them. If you're a goal person, it works for you. It builds motivation. Do it. Just make sure you don't cross the line of them becoming unhealthy. For example, something I've done a really good job of, I did it last year. I'm going to do it again this year is I didn't, not all my goals were health related or food related. I haven't set any of those goals in a long time, to be honest, but I only set one physical health goal, which was to run a 10K race. Something like, I don't even know if they do those, but I'm sure they're somewhere like a 10K run, something you sign up for, for some sort of charity. And the goal is to do it in the first quarter of the year. So that I get it done with, over with. I think last year, I just never actually planned what I was, I was, it was the same goal, basically run a marathon. So this year I lowered the, the totem pole a little bit, lowered the goal. And then I also have a plan for when I'm actually going to sign up for the race and to just decide. And outside of that, all my other goals are very mental oriented, they're career focused, they're relationship oriented, that sort of stuff. They're not so much about what my body looks like or how I'm going to be physically fit or something like that, which is a really good place to be. So if you're scared to set goals because you think they're going to be unhealthy or eating disorder related, I'd recommend just making goals that aren't related to your eating disorder and see how that expands your life. Something big I talk about in the program is always expanding your life beyond bulimia. And I am such a big proponent of it because it gives you a reason not to go back to your eating disorder and it makes, it kind of pushes your eating disorder out naturally because you feel so fulfilled. You feel like you have other things going on. You feel like you have more than just your shitty relationship with your eating disorder. So if I were you, that's what I would do. Anyway, I hope that this episode has been um, informative or at least just like a personal side of me. Uh, (laughs) I ended up also, because my boyfriend, it was so late with the flight that I had. It was so early when I got my flight and my boyfriend went home and he didn't know what was going on. So I just told him like, get some rest. It's fine. Go to sleep. I will hopefully get on my flight. Ended up not getting my flight. Knew he would be asleep for, so he wasn't going to be able to give me a ride home till much later in the day. So I ended up getting a bus back to um, where, where I live. And then I also had to walk because I didn't want to get an Uber. So I walked with a suitcase for like um, in the, in the cold snow and sub zero degree weather, uh, for at least like 15 minutes, which isn't that bad, but it was very cold. It was very intense and it was a normal walk, but in that sort of weather it was really hardcore, <laughs> but I got there and it's been good. So I hope that this has been a fun, funny episode for you. At least if you had, um, any awful holiday stories, please let me know. Like my friend, she had an even worse story than me. She got redirected so many times, got sent to San Francisco when she meant to go to Seattle. So much crap happened to her. She actually ended up driving from San Francisco to Seattle to get to see her family for Christmas. Just insane. So hopefully my next trip for Southwest isn't going to be so bad when I actually try to go home in January. But anyway, I just wanted to share this podcast episode. If you're feeling down or feel like you didn't meet up expectations, I rarely ever meet my expectations. If that gives you any comfort and maybe I just set my expectations too high, but um, something I've said before in the podcast, I've said in the private program recently, but a coach once told me, and I've, I've never forgotten it, high failure is better than low success. Meaning she was talking, I was talking to her about building this goal. And I said, I wish I just set the goals to something more realistic that I know I can accomplish. I've done it before. Um, And that way I won't feel disappointed and it will be more realistic is what I kept saying. But she said, why not set that goal high? And even if you fail at that high goal, you will probably have failed, um, made more success than you would have had you set it at this lower goal that you know you could already achieve. And so I think the difference, what makes 
high expectations and then failure of those high expectations and healthy is when you turn around and beat yourself up about it. You're mean to yourself about it. You shame yourself and then you use it as um, evidence that you should never try again. That's when it becomes toxic and unhealthy. But I'm so, so proud of myself, which sounds so silly, but it's true. I'm very proud of myself that this year, I don't feel so down about it. I don't feel like hopeless. I don't feel like, oh, I failed all my goals. Again, what's wrong with you? I'm not using it as a shame tactic. I'm just using it as a, okay, we failed. Like, what do we want to do now? What have we learned? And that's such a great place to be at. And it's taken me a while to get here. So I know if I can do it, you can do it too. And I just want to share that because I know so many people are talking online about how successful they are. And I just want to give you some realism that there are people out there struggling, even if they look successful. And it's funny, a few people, I met some colleagues online. It's a shame. I met a lot of friends online, but they're all over the country and the world really. So I can't always see them in person or anything. But a lot of them reach out to me with questions like I have all the answers. And I realized it's because their perception of me is different from what's actually going on. And it's funny, I talk to people sometimes who confide in me that things like they, it looks like they're doing okay, but they're actually not. Like things are going wrong. And I've had all the clients say you similar things. You think the perception on online is that, oh, everyone's doing great because that's what they want to share, right? No one wants to share about how they utterly failed at this or they're doing terrible. They're having another bad day again. No one wants to talk about that, but it's happening. So I invite you to not go on Instagram or podcasts and think, oh, this person's a comp. What's wrong with me? Everyone's doing everything but me. I'm just left in the dust. That's not true. It's most certainly not true. Also, last, 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 last thing. I'm very high energy today. I'm feeling much better. Um, I'm finally feeling like the sickness is over. I'm not even stifling anymore. I had a cough for a whole month, it felt like. Um, but lastly, Taking a break from social media, I haven't been on social much. I have, I've been not posting this week. I'm on vacation. So I'm trying to, other than posting for my Facebook group and my group coaching program, we still do, are doing group coaching calls this week. And we did a Facebook live. Other than that though, I haven't been posting. And I just went on my business Instagram recently and I looked at a few reels on my business Instagram, which is very per- different from my personal Instagram. My personal Instagram is like very fun, tons of space stuff, tons of cute dogs doing funny things and things my boyfriend sends me. Like it's a lot of comedy. But on my business Instagram, it's a lot more like business stuff and, and bulimia recovery stuff and binge eating help and things like that. And I just looked at a few reels and I immediately felt my stress in my body, like my, my heart rate increased and my throat felt tight. It's like, wow, what an instantaneous change you being on my business, social media. And of course that's partly me. It's probably my thoughts about it. Right. But taking a break from social media and just not pressuring myself to post it all, not pressuring myself to answer messages has been a, a very wonderful for my mental health. So if you're doing that, maybe you want to do some sort of cleanse from something that's making you stressed out. I know some things that we have in our life, you can't avoid. Like if you have kids, you can't just be like, sorry, kid, I'm going to take a break from you for a week. I'll be back unless you can hire a nanny or something. But if you can try to take away some of the stimulus in your life that is stressing you out, even if it's just temporarily, it might do you wonders. It's helped me a lot, certainly. And not also, I'm just all over the place this time, not the social media. Like I am so appreciative of my social media accounts and I love seeing from you guys. It's just more the random reels that I see and posts that I see from people. They're very either hustly or like talking about new advice. And sometimes when you're constantly seeing self-help things, 
you think, especially if you're a business owner and you're trying to help people too, you're like, oh, I should have, I should apply that. This is a concept I should do. I should be doing this myself. Oh, I should be talking about this. And that's where the overwhelm comes for me. It's not that I hate that realm. It's just that it's like, oh, what should I be doing? That's what where my mind goes. So it's overwhelming. Um, so yeah. And then the final thing I just want to say is thank you. Thank you for supporting this podcast. And if you are a client of mine that's listening, or you are a, uh, a group coaching member, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I couldn't do what I do without you. I know that you were getting help from my business. Of course, that's why you're paying me, but it really means the world to me that you trust me to go on that journey with you. I've learned so much from you. And then also you guys that have just been listeners and support us, the podcast, maybe you've never ever paid me a dime, but you listen and you're here, even if it's just your first time listening. Thank you so much because your support helps me grow and helps me live my life and helps me help more people. So all those things I can, I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. I cannot express that enough. So thank you. And then those of you guys that have reached out to me on Instagram email, I don't always respond because I do get a lot of messages now, but I read them. I read almost every single one. If I can, sometimes things slip through the cracks, but I try to read as many as possible. And usually they bring me to tears because a lot of people are thanking me and they're talking about their journey or they're talking about their struggles they're not thanking me. They're like, I have this problem. It reminds me of why I do what I do and what this is about. And, and it keeps me going. A lot of you guys, um, I was talking about this with my clients today in the group coaching Facebook live. Um, but a lot of times when I'm struggling, I think of the people out there listening or the people I've helped, people I've talked to, the people I've met, just think about how they, what they would do in this situation and how they can go through things I can go through this too. So thank you. You've changed my life. Um, to all the people I've met, all of you guys listening, you've really changed my life. So thank you. Um, all right. I feel like this podcast has been really sappy, but you know, that's okay. We have to get sappy sometimes. We have to be real. I'm going to let you guys go. I hope you guys are having a wonderful um, holiday week. And I hope you guys get a chance to relax, do something that is not super stressful. Just do whatever you want to do. And um, I'll see you guys next year. I'll talk to you guys next year because last time I talk to you on here will be next year. Also, and if you need more support, I've got a free course on my website. I have group coaching on my website and I also have private one-on-one coaching. So if you're looking for any of those things, you can just go to bingebakers.com and they will help you more. All right. Bye everyone. Never give up on yourself. Happy New Year's.